0: Hello and welcome to Haunts and Creeps. I'm your host, Asia.
1: And I'm also your host, Asia. And that's because <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the podcast again this week. Because Asia number one, real Asia, has a lot of shit going on and she's kicking ass. She's working two jobs and she's a full time student now. So I'm just carrying the team as second Asia host in this episode.
0: It's a polite way of saying I didn't get my notes done, <laughs>
1: dude. But also, it's like a real sit. It's like a real way of saying that you just don't got time, and that's okay. No, yeah,
0: I don't. But hopefully soon. I think the next couple of days I can finish it, and we can record again.
1: Hell yeah! So we always have to start with the disturbing thing of the week. What do you got?
0: So for me, it's not disturbing, but I was talking to a friend about it recently, and she's like, that shit is crazy, and I didn't know about it. So as she was disturbed, I figure I would share it with you guys.
1: Sweet. Because you're never disturbed. Um, I'm not surprised that you are not disturbed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I think this is actually kind of cool.
1: Okay, of course.
0: (laughs) People used to take postpartum pictures with their dead family members.
1: Oh, yeah. You didn't know that?
0: I knew that. Apparently people don't know that. So,
1: was your friend, the person I told this. Was your friend saying that that's disturbing?
0: Yeah. She's like, this is extremely disturbing. You should mention that on the podcast. That is not Shit. disturbing.
1: Fine. Sorry. <clears throat> not disturbing. Okay. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> I'm a nurse. I did OB in nursing school. No. Like, because here's how you have to look at it. If a woman just had a baby and it's a stillborn, postpartum pictures are actually pretty common. What? Am I wrong?
0: No, this is outside of just baby pictures. What do you mean? This is any dead family member. But you said... Any family member that died. Oh, sorry, I said postpartum. (laughs) I meant postmortem.
1: You goofball. You got me all heated. (laughs) You got me so heated right now. You mean postmortem.
0: That's what God I meant to damn. say post yes, postmortem.
1: <laughs> I was about to fucking Babies
0: like, were common. Babies were very common, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. For those
1: of you I who don't post-mortem. know, people will take postpartum pictures of their stillborns because that's the it's like a very sweet moment that they have before, you know, the baby has to be buried. And I was about to rip your friend a new one. So if she's listening, <laughs> no, that's my sorry. Fault. Sorry. <laughs> I'm backpedaling. I
0: misspoke. I misspoke. I totally meant postmortem. Okay. okay. I apologize. I don't know why postpartum popped into my head, but ooh, yeah. Okay. Blood pressure right
1: now. (laughs) Yeah, postpartum pic. er... (laughs) (laughs) Postmortem pictures is one thing. Have you ever heard of? I think it was like I think it was the Victorian era, which is funny because that's gonna come up later. In the Victorian era. They had a lot of really weird postmortem stuff that we don't do anymore. Uh, and one of that, one of that would be like taking their hair, the dead family member's hair and like putting it in a frame. But one that I've seen recently that's not Victorian is taking the dead person's tattoo, like having it surgically removed from their skin, drying it and putting it in a frame.
0: That is so morbid. And, like, love-hate it at the same time. Like, that's a great idea. That's disgusting. This is fantastic.
1: It is kind of, like, because tattoos are super personal, right? And they tend to be really, like, unique. So I understand why you would want to keep someone's tattoo. But the only way to keep somebody's tattoo is to skin them. Yes. (laughs) So that's cool. Like, this
0: is very morbid and disgusting, but I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And who's to say, you know... Lots of cultures have lots of different things that we would find gross. But we have shit that they would find gross. So, like, it's all relative. Very true. Very um,
0: true. What's your disturbing fact?
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of lazy this week because I didn't think of one. But I have one that I thought of because I have just an ever-flowing bank of disturbing shit from work. Um, yep. I had a patient a few weeks ago who had been unconscious in an alleyway for three days before anybody called the cops or anything. Fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, how? Because by the time I got him, his blood sugar was super fucking high and that's what we were treating him for. But I don't like, I don't understand how he survived that long with that blood sugar because he was in bad shape, and this was three days. And it's disturbing to me because it's like, people suck, you know. They probably saw him in the alley, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's just some bum. And then by the third day, they're like, okay, they, this guy probably should get some help.
0: <laughs> he's not just passed out because he's drunk. There's There's something else going on.
1: Yeah, so that's my disturbing mm. thing of the week.
0: I mean, at least he's alive.
1: Yeah, as far as I know. (laughs) Yes. What are you drinking today? I'm glad you asked. This is Barefoot Wine Seltzer. And I haven't been on the seltzer wagon, but I thought this would be kind of cool. I don't like
0: seltzers. No, it's
1: good. It tastes like an alcoholic Izzy. This one happens to be rosé. <laughs> you can't see that? The bring
0: light's too bright for that shit to work. <laughs>
1: but you gotta do it though.
0: <laughs> see, look. Look how bright it is.
1: <laughs> um, it's pretty good. It's right up my alley. Nice and sweet.
0: All right. I've got a peach soju here. It is the Korean version of sake. So it's just a rice wine.
1: I also just noticed the original's fine, but. The massive bottle of wine behind you yes <laughs> that is my backup oh god so the soju i know because you drink in like shots is that how you're supposed to drink soju
0: i've noticed people seem to drink soju like beer but it's not carbonated so you just get it and you drink it um my significant roommate when he was stationed in korea <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean your fuck buddy <laughs>
0: There's more to it than that. He's not quite my significant other, but he's my significant roommate. (laughs) Um, When he was stationed in Korea, they would make their version of basically fishbowl margaritas, where they would put a beer. We put beers in the giant-ass margaritas, and you drink that whole thing. They did that with the regular soju. Hmm. He said it would floor him.
1: Yeah, so... So
0: not with like one cup.
1: What is but... the alcohol content of that? Like, are you drinking what essentially would be a shot of liquor?
0: It's twelve percent.
1: So that's like a wine, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm not much. I'm not much of an adult.
0: It depends on the wine, really. Like, it's more than a beer. That's for fucking sure. Even harder than Bruh, Mike's this harder is lemonade.
1: Five. I know it's not. wine. Some wines are in
0: the five. My. My white Zinfandel is 9%.
1: So, yeah, you're, like, drinking a shot. This is going to be fun. It's
0: not that concentrated. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. We'll see. Asian, that's, like, half gone. Slow down.
0: <laughs> that's why I brought wine <laughs> for backup. Alki. fucking <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> you drown my sorrows in alcohol. Yeah, it's
1: okay. You've had a hard week. All right, so we ready for this?
0: Yes, what are we covering today? All
1: right, so we're still in Arkansas. I found okay. this story um, that includes love, money, betrayal, revenge, and of course it has death.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a great movie. Let's get into this shit. Yeah,
1: so. Let's dive in. Um, I'll just read my fucking notes. You know, that's why they're there. That's a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we're going to the eastern edge of Arkansas, which is, and it's pretty much the exact opposite side from the Falk monster, which we covered last time. So, okay. same latitude, just on the other side. Did I say that right? Latitude? Longitude? They're parallel. do dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, we're going to investigate the hauntings of the Monroe County Courthouse, which is in the city of Clarendon, Arkansas. And our story begins back in 1898, which is the same year that the city of Clarendon was reincorporated after being dissolved in 1884. Apparently, during the Civil War, the whole city was, like, burned down. Oh, shit. And then it was dissolved out of the Union (laughs) I'm not a historian but anyways this is the same year that it was officially a town again is my understanding okay okay so um the year 1898 was towards the end of the Victorian era which ended in 1901 the Victorian era lasted the entirety of the Queen Victoria's reign which started when she was, I believe, like, 18 or some shit. Um, so the Victorian era was in England, but also in the United States.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: So if you know anything about the Victorian era, you know that it is a time of prudes, misogyny, and rampant Puritan-like I- ideologies. So in other words, the gender roles were strict as fuck, and a woman's role was to serve her husband. Yeah. So, to give you an idea of what this was like as a woman in the Victorian era, I have some excerpts from a book that was written in 1894 called Sex Tips for Husbands and Wives by Ruth
0: Sillings. <laughs> yes. Let's hear the sex tips. All right, so,
1: I've got 3 tips. <clears throat> The wise bride will permit a maximum of two brief sexual experiences weekly. And as time goes by, she should make every effort to reduce this frequency. Feigned illness, sleepiness, and headaches are among her best friends in this matter. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Arguments, nagging, scolding, and bickering prove very effective if used in the late evening, about an hour before the husband would normally commence his seduction.
0: <laughs> so this is more like tips on how to avoid getting sex. Yes,
1: yes, <clears throat> like the idea is sex is bad. Sex is bad, bad. Even for dudes, like uh, some of the tips that I left out were like, hey dudes, stop being so fucking horny. For <laughs> um, so the last one. <clears throat> when he finds her, she should lie as still as possible. Bodily boshi could be interpreted as sexual excitement by the optimistic husband. Sex, when it cannot be prevented, should be practiced only in total darkness.
0: <laughs> this is great. Don't move, just lay there, don't look at him.
1: Yeah, for real. There's another one that was like, don't allow (coughs) him to kiss you on the mouth, and if he tries to kiss you, like, underneath your gown, pull it down as quickly as possible.
0: (laughs) Don't get eaten out, it's too much fun. Yeah,
1: exactly. So. Alright. The reason I bring up, like, the reason I'm trying to give context to the Victorian era is because our main bro that was like a drag you're like a f- you're an alcoholic
0: i can't just drink straight because i will aspirate it into my lungs so i don't, fill my mouth with it and then slowly don't, swallow i don't want
1: to hear it i don't want to hear you <laughs> fucking aspirating shit
0: that's I avoid aspirating (laughs) shit, and that's how. So you leave me alone. The
1: fact that you aspirate at the age of 25 bothers me. I can't imagine.
0: At least you don't have to live with (laughs) it. (laughs) It's
1: true. Okay, so the reason I'm contextualizing the Victorian era is because our main heroine, heroess hero woman, Mabel Orr, this is the era that she found herself in. Okay. So
0: let's see what Mabel has to offer. Yeah,
1: and I'll let you decide whether she is a heroine or a bad woman, woman, bad guy,
0: antagonist, <laughs> antagonist versus protagonist. Yes.
1: I don't have an English major. <laughs> heroine
0: or villain? Villain.
1: <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Okay. So right. Mabel Orr, whose maiden name was Ernest Mabel Barker, married a man named John Orr in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin in 1890. Mabel was 16 and was still in school when she met John, who apparently was a handsome and charismatic actor.
0: I thought you were going to say asshole.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Well, why <find> not? <laughs> so... Um, after they married, Mabel joined John's theater troupe, and she found that being in the theater and traveling around the country was super exciting, and she loved like being able to leave her old life in Wisconsin and see all these new places in the U.S.
0: I wish traveling theater troupes in that regard were still a thing. You've got like a caravan, and you're just going around from town to town. You get asked by the king of an area. I mean, we're in the states; we don't have a king, but you know that concept. Yeah, I think it would be great.
1: Yeah, there. So, there's some reasons it would be great. There's some reasons it would be really bad. Like during the fucking Black Plague, there was like a really infamous sort of group of entertainers that went from town to town, and they just literally would rip people off and spread the plague. <laughs> so, not always mm. the best. Because if they're ripping people off. There's no like trace of them. You can't fucking get your money back. They're the police are not gonna find them because, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're playing the arts, working off tips. You're gonna play people off no, no, for no, no, it. No. I,
1: they would do like full really. on scams. It wasn't just like, oh, haha, idiot, you paid for like my shitty entertainment. <laughs> they had like elaborate schemes. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, okay. So, while they were... Yes. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> PSA. To those of you listening and watching, I have been getting over being sick, so if my voice is funny and I cough at random points, I apologize. I will try to edit the coughs out.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so while they were, like, traveling around in the theater, they, were, they lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years, but after... Performing in a small town called Clarendon in Arkansas, they were enchanted by the small town vibes and decided to pick up their whole life and move there. So along with being in the theater, John had a hardware business and the town they were living in in Wisconsin had like 8,000 people and they were doing relatively well. So it didn't really make sense for him to take his family and his business and move it to Clarendon, which only had a population of a 1,000. But he happened to time it perfectly well because Clarendon was going through, like, a boom and it was becoming, like, an an important cotton center and it was an industrial port along the White River. So he sort of planned it perfectly. They moved all of them. They all moved to the Clarendon and they were doing well enough there that they were able to um, afford... A bunch of black servants that worked, you know, uh, in the house for them and also, like, worked the property for them. So
0: they straight up had a plantation.
1: Sort of. I mean, he wasn't really growing crops. Um, but yeah. Okay. Something sort of like that. So, <clears throat> from the outside, the ores appeared to be a regular, stable prosperous young family they joined the local church um john sang in the choir mabel played the organ they had like a young daughter when they moved there who was born in 1894
0: you good my yoga ball i sit on started just rolling away from me (laughs) nice We're good. Keep going. Um, Sorry. And
1: they both joined the local fraternal organizations. One was the Knights of Pythias, and the other was the Maccabees. And I guess women could join as, like, an auxiliary group attached to the organization. Not like... She wasn't, like, an actual member.
0: The Maccabees sounds really familiar for some reason. I can't place it, but I know that name.
1: Yeah. Well, the Knights of Pythias, I mean, that sounds really fucking... Cryptic and weird. So, even though everything looked good from the outside, all was not well in fairyland. Or, it was not a fairy tale from the inside. It wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and fairies. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I thought you were the one who took writing. Dude,
1: I, I can tell that I haven't read a book in, like, years other than textbooks at nursing school because my vocabulary is horrible.
0: It's just dry. There's no image to it. You're just like, yeah!
1: You mean you don't have, words. like, a good image? I didn't create a nice no, image. No, I have a
0: good... I have a good image, but I know you.
1: Um, Okay, everything was not going great. I don't know the fucking phrase. But basically... Behind closed doors, John was actually an abusive husband, and the two of them fought all the time about how Mabel, Mabel's inability or unwillingness to be the good Victorian wife, which is submissive and domestic, and basically like, you know.
0: She didn't want to fuck with the lights off, laying still. She didn't want to vacuum. <laughs> yeah. She didn't want to clean, wanted, do laundry. She
1: wanted to take it from behind, bro. But he wasn't about that. <laughs> okay. So, the servants that they hired um, to take care of the house and the land often witnessed their fights, and which uh, often witnessed their v- fights, some of which were violent. Uh, their cook, Lorilla Weaver, later described John. Um, as possessive and controlling and saying that he refused to even buy Mabel clothing. To the point that Mabel was borrowing Lorilla's underwear sometimes. So he really had, like, a tight clench on the fucking purse strings and just controlling as fuck. That sucks. Yeah. Um, So... Mabel attempted to write to her family back in Wisconsin, but found out that John was intercepting all of her letters. So she started to write... Yeah. She started to write with a pen name using... And she used Lorilla's name, so she would write letters as Lorilla Weaver. And... Sorry, that was weird. The fuck was that? (laughs) No fucking clue. (laughs) Hopefully it's not someone trying to kill me or something. Um... So,
0: that was my dog. <laughs> yep, that one I could tell.
1: <laughs> um, so she wrote these letters with Lorilla's name, and when one finally got past John and made it to the hands of her father, this is what it read. You ask me to come home. I have begged and pleaded to come home, but I might as well plead to a stove. I shall try to come home in the fall. I must get away from this place, and that at once... Or I shall never be able to come. <laughs> Sorry, that's what she said. Because <laughs> it's the Victorian era.
0: <laughs> Here I was getting all into your character and I didn't even fucking notice or pick up on it.
1: Sorry, I ruined the enchantment. <clears throat> you did? Um. Fucking. <clears throat> I wait. She wasn't
0: able to come.
1: <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I weigh 94 pounds, and you can imagine that I am going through when you see my gray hair. As soon as I can earn money, enough money by giving music lessons, I shall come. 94
0: pounds, Yeah, dude, dude, that's
1: short. I mean, light. Damn.
0: Yeah, that's light. When I was having my eating issues, I hit 100, and I looked like just Skin covering bones. There was My nothing Rose on me. Was 97,
1: and that was low as fuck. Ninety four is yes. scary. For any of you who have no like I don't know. Context. Concept. Concept, yeah. Of how small that is. Fucking small. Really like dangerously small. Um how
0: tall are you, Rose? Five three. Okay. So picture a child oh. It's like twelve. <laughs> That's ninety four. <laughs>
1: rude (laughs) well i do think at this point she's probably they married at 16 she's probably in her early 20s like 2021 and i don't know the average height back in 1898 but i doubt she's very tall i think
0: people were say i think people were generally shorter yeah so i'm like Picturing your height as being average and dropping pounds off of yeah. you. And really that comes down to the modern day 12 year old girl.
1: Yeah. And 97 pounds on me is scary. So 94, scary.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh, poor thing.
1: All right. So lessons, blah, blah, blah.
0: Wait. But- Plot hole. How did this letter get past the fucker who's abusing, whatever his fucking face was. Because if he's reading the letters, he can see that it was signed by someone else, but if he knows Lorella or whatever her name was,
1: I think it was he like, knows
0: her, wouldn't he be able to be like, she's not 94 pounds?
1: No, 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 no. I think, like, the envelope says Lorella Weaver. So he's not opening it, the envelopes.
0: Are You sure? Because he's, I feel like envelopes at the time were... They didn't have the to and from address. It was just like the name. No,
1: I, think I don't know. I didn't live then. I think it probably still had the to and from. Um, okay. I mean, I Sorry. think it would be more likely that it would have the to and from because how else are you going to like fucking respond? They don't got Twitter, you know? <laughs> just picture <laughs> it this way. The envelope says, "Lorilla Weaver. And the two address probably is another fake name. It didn't go into that. Either way, this one made it to her family. And he's not opening the fucking envelope and reading the shit. He's just take he's just intercepting what? her letters that she was signing with her name on the envelope.
0: So he's not checking the address of where it's going?
1: He probably like if he's this abusive ass dude, does he even know her parents' address? And maybe it's a I would box. say, depending oh. on
0: the abuser... Yeah. Like, most people are double-checking everything. If they're going to be that abusive, they're going to be covering their bases. They're going to be checking the address. They're going to be checking who's writing it. All I know well, is
1: that this one made it through.
0: Got it. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Continue. <laughs> okay, so... Let's see. I'll read the last line. <clears throat> as soon as I can earn money... Enough money! By giving music lessons, I shall come. I have reached the end of endurance... I cannot get any money except what I scrape and dig for. Not even to you, my dearest ones, could I tell the misery and suffering I endure and have gone through the last four years. I feel much better with such a comforter, and I am happy in that I have not been deserted by those who are nearest and dearest to me. Lovingly yours, May Ernest Orr.
0: Who the fuck is May? Mabel. So she didn't sign the actual letter with her name with the other name. It was just yeah. A
1: that's why that's envelope. what I'm saying. It's probably on the outside. The envelope says Lorilla. The letter actually says her. Okay. Got it. So Mabel was pretty much alone in her struggles until she met Rachel Morris, who was a young local girl who admired Mabel's stories of her glory days on stage. Rachel was only seventeen and Once she met Mabel and started hearing about, you know, her exciting days traveling around in the theater, um, she longed, she started to long for a life outside of Clarendon like Mabel once had. So the two became best friends really quickly and they often dreamed about leaving Clarendon together. Mabel wanted to move to New York and start her own theater group and Rachel wanted to follow. So, together, the two decided to try to escape Clarendon, but to do that, they had to get Mabel safely away from John. Okay. So, somehow, the two women had to devise a plan that allowed Mabel to leave John and take all his money with her. But, in the Victorian era, divorce was a good way to be shunned and disgraced, especially if you were the woman (coughs) um, who was supposed to be submissive submissive, and domestic. Mm -hmm. So realizing that there were no legal paths for women to earn the amount of money that they needed to run away, Mabel and Rachel got desperate about finding another way. So they decided to get him killed in order to collect his life insurance. And he didn't have life insurance yet, but Mabel was somehow succeeded in talking him into taking out a $5,000 life insurance policy before they began their plan.
0: So the average murder theory. Yeah. Life insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loving it.
1: So, <clears throat> obviously neither... Is that a question, or are you just...
0: It was a thought.
1: Give me your thoughts, bro. Um, I want to hear all your thoughts.
0: I was just thinking, like, for the time, the only way to legally be separated or divorced from your partner was to prove infidelity. So I'm assuming he wasn't being... Faithful, he wasn't cheating on her, something like that. Because she could file for a divorce if there is proven that he's being shady on the side. Yeah, she has to have that proof.
1: Yeah, and the source for this one, which was the most detailed source that I got, and that will be available to Patreons, um, basically said that she had other ways to get past this, but also she's 20. What's-Her-Face is 17, and she's in this controlling relationship. Like, where is she even going to find out that that's a possibility?
0: Yeah, she would have to have an older friend who's been like, Bitch, I got you! I've done this shit before! Yeah,
1: so you essentially have two, like, teenagers who have barely experienced anything deciding how to get out of this. Um, it's very, like, romanticized and, like, not within, like... They don't have a good understanding of how life fucking is. It's... <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's just popping open the bottle of wine now. It's huge and we'll see where this goes.
0: <laughs> you leave me alone. Let I me just, enjoy my you know, wine. I gotta
1: take care of you, bro. I feel very responsible and I love you and I care for you and that's all I'm gonna say okay <laughs> um, <clears throat> so obviously neither of them wanted to be caught for John's death so they tried to consider multiple discreet ways of killing him Rachel thought it might be a good idea to quote-unquote feed him ground glass because it worked on dogs but they were smart enough to realize that that would be really easy to detect.
0: So. Well, at least I figured that <laughs> out. Like, at that time, there's a lot of poisonous plants you could come across. Oh, yeah.
1: We'll get there. So. Ha! Got did it. you get it? <laughs> Good job, buddy. Um, so, that's when Mabel remembered that Lorilla had told her of a local hoodoo doctor and conjurer called Dennis Rickard. Uh-huh.
0: Yes, my first thought was, like, find your local
1: witch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I tried to get into the some hoodoo stuff, like, try to figure out some stuff about it. And I'll ask you about it once we get to what happened with that. So I don't know why I even said any of that.
0: <laughs> I don't practice hoodoo, but I am definitely all ears. Yeah, you just... I know a little, little bit about you it. You probably have little.
1: more of an understanding than I do. Um, Okay. So, da 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 da, ba 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 ba, ba ba ba. Okay, <laughs> so uh, after Mabel asked Lorilla to talk to Rickard, um, she did. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that Rick- <laughs> Rickard was generally feared by a lot of the black residents because he used hoodoo to sort of intimidate them. And they really were not about it. So after Mabel asked Lorilla, she summoned the bravery to talk to him on her behalf. Um, And one thing I did read about hoodoo is that you don't fucking go to a hoodoo doctor as a white person. It's not for us. It's for black people. It's very, like the roots of hoodoo are all about African slaves in the united states which
0: is why i don't practice hoodoo yeah like it's <laughs> it not, is not like the to. fucking
1: movies where you can just go to a hoodoo doctor and be like yo do this shit for me they're not gonna do it for you you're not part no. of it bro nope
0: that's why i don't practice it i've read a little bit about it I'm like that's cool not my place yes,
1: exactly <laughs> so um after she talked to rickard He reportedly provided her with snakeheads and scorpions and instructed her to boil them and add the mixture to a drink which would poison whoever drank it. So I wanted to ask you, because I couldn't figure out, is there any significance? Like, is there any symbolic meaning to snakeheads and scorpions? Or is it simply that they are both poisonous and that will make a very poisonous drink if you boil them?
0: I don't have a great answer for you, just to start start off the bat. So, mostly bullshitting this. But I would say yes, there is some sort of symbolism, but also they are primarily extremely venomous. So, if you're going to poison someone, snakeheads, that's where the teeth are, that's where the poison glands right. are. Scorpions, their tails are just pockets of poison. So, boiling them, you're just going to extract the poison, and it's a great way to just be like, here, die! <laughs> 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 When it comes down to symbolism, I also think that relies a bit on perspective. Some people see snakes as a really positive thing. Other people see snakes as not, like the Bible. Snakes are like the epitome of evil, Right. but other areas don't think so. So I think that's more of a matter of belief and religious opinions. And as I don't do hoodoo, I don't know the symbolism that they have For those two animals. Yeah,
1: because it kind of just sounds like it would get the job done. It's not really that symbolic.
0: That's kind of my feeling about it is, I don't know if it's symbolic. It's definitely like poison and poison, boiled together, extra poison. (laughs) Go for it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so they took these ingredients and the three women together made the poison. And Mabel, yes, yes. Free? Yes, uh, Rachel, Lorilla, and Mabel.
0: Okay, sorry, I didn't... I remember you bringing in Rachel and all this to try and leave. I didn't realize Lorilla was Yeah, so here's I the fucked listening. up
1: thing yep. about Mabel, is that she is using her black servants to commit her crimes. So mm-hmm. they made the concoction together, and then Mabel instructed Lorilla to put it into John's morning coffee. She
0: way, it doesn't come back to her and if it does happen she's like oh i don't know exactly my slave gave him drinks exactly oh,
1: so it's really fucking sus and <sighs> fucked and like yeah so this is where this will help you decide if she is a heroine or a villain, villain. yeah
0: i had to move jeffrey my computer started making noises <laughs> Hey listeners, so this is Asia. We had some sound problems when we were recording, so this episode had been cut up into two pieces, and the second part is coming here shortly. Thank you for your patience. Sorry about that. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, little bit of a sound problem there. (laughs) But we're back. (laughs) I was I was moving my microphone because Joffrey was picking up noises and it's probably still picking it up.
1: Yeah, this is a an elaborate setup that we had to fucking figure out.
0: Yours is a lot more than mine. For those of you listening and if you end up watching this in the future, we are recording and we are live streaming on Twitch right now.
1: Oh yeah, we that's the whole part that just got cut out. Yes. Yeah, cleavage, Twitch, simp on us. Okay, we're caught up.
0: (laughs) Comparing our microphone dicks. Oh yes, our joffers. Too bad, that was a pretty good bit. I know, uh, I'm so sad that Audacity was just like, this is not appropriate
1: for the audience, (laughs) ears. Audacity, this is a fucking rated M for mature content right now. (laughs) Alright, where the fuck was I on the actual story? Okay. Um... They made the poison. Yes, poison. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about how, um, yeah, Lorilla was using her black servants to commit her crime. Mabel. Mabel. Yes. Okay. So they made the poison. Mabel had Lorilla give it to um, John. She put it in his morning coffee and he drank it. But apparently all that happened was that he like immediately threw up and then was fine. And Mabel Eve, er, even said that it seemed to make him healthier. Snake oil. So they... <laughs> 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 what? What is snake oil? Really? Sorry,
0: what is snake oil? Okay, so snake oil. It's basically seedy profiteers trying to exploit an unsuspecting public by selling fake cures. So, bye. Oh. So, like, quick remedies. Fake water. This shit's gonna heal you. That type of dumb shit. Mm-hmm. So I just okay. thought it was a funny correlation with the snake heads and scorpions that snake oil
1: it <laughs> boiled it out. Went right over my head, bro. Yes, it did. That's it a horrible joke. <laughs> Leave me <laughs> alone. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so anyways, he threw up and was fine. Uh, Lorilla and Mabel went to Rickard and they were like, what the fuck, bro? And he was like, oh, sorry, he must have too much silver in his skin. Which, me, as someone who knows nothing about hoodoo and shit and, like, metaphysical, homeo-whatever shit at all, I'm like, is he a werewolf? What? What does this got to do with werewolves? Yes, he does.
0: has nothing to do with werewolves. Um, Silver was used as a cure-all at the time. And people still argue it as a thing today. But people literally literally drink or eat liquid usually drink liquid silver as a cure-all for cancers whatever have you and especially at that time it was a big snake oil (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) so silver was also given as a remedy for syphilis oh god one of the one of the stds yeah one of those stds i think it was syphilis that was the remedy for it. it. was either silver or mercury. I think it might have been mercury.
1: Oh, God.
0: Please. I'd I rather syphilis they was all mercury. think it's silver. Yeah, I think syphilis oh. was mercury. But yeah, no. Silver was used as a medicinal cure-all for everything. So that's why
1: he probably said that. I am cringing at this whole thing. <laughs> please don't drink silver. Please, for fuck's sake, don't drink mercury. It's not going to fucking heal you. Okay? You're wasting your time. If anyone fucking thinks that, please stop. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, that's what he said it was. That he had too much silver in his skin. I don't know why it has to be in his skin if he's drinking it, but whatever. As we talked topically. about last time, people don't fucking understand anatomy. Whatever. Okay? It's the fucking 1890s. They don't know shit. And it's fine. So, pissed off about her failure. Mabel blurted that she would give $200 for whoever killed her husband. And this was in front of all the servants who were now involved in her murder case. Shit. Whatever. So, what started as an accidental blurt quickly became an actual offer. And she she went to her servants, starting with one named Mance Castle, and asked them to kill John. So, when she asked Mance He initially refused and was like, no. But then she got him drunk and increased the reward from $200 to part of the insurance money. And he drunkenly agreed and um, was able to borrow a shotgun from his friend, which he hid in the servant's house. But then after doing that, he backed down a second time. So Mabel went um, and asked Rickard and offered him the same amount, the part of the insurance money. So Rickard agreed, and Mabel gave him a very specific plan on how to carry it out. So, every Saturday night, John and Mabel would go to choir practice at the Methodist church. And when they returned home, which was always around 9.30 p.m., the first thing John would do is go straight to the kitchen and make some lemonade.
0: I thought he had servants for that.
1: (laughs) Uh, guess not. (laughs) So on the Saturday night chosen by Mabel, she pretended to be sick. And when it was time for them to leave for choir practice, John urged her to stay home because the next day she was supposed to play the organ for a funeral and he wanted her to rest up. So she stayed and he ended up going by himself. So after he left, Rickard, Admitted that he didn't know how to use a gun, and apparently Mabel got fucking pissed, grabbed the shotgun, and tried to show Rickard how to use it. But then another servant, who was Lorilla Weaver's son, and his name is um, Will Sanders, he was like, "I know how to shoot a gun. I'll do it." So she was like, "All right." She gave the gun to him, and gave him a ver- and gave him the instructions for how to carry this all out yes asia
0: so she's getting a lot of people to be aware of all of this so if something happens to testify in court she's got like 20 or more fucking witnesses to be like yeah no this bitch gonna pay me for it
1: yeah she's like if she had lived longer she might be a devious cunt but right now she's like a 20 year old and she's making a lot of mistakes Like, if you're going to commit a murder, that's not how you fucking do it. No. Because all of this ends up biting her in the ass.
0: Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. All I can think of are like, oh, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. Why'd you involve this person or that person? Don't do that.
1: What (laughs) the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, she has, she's naive as fuck. Um, all right. So later that night, John returned at 920 in the night and went straight to the kitchen to make his traditional lemonade. So as he stood at the sink, mixing up his shit, a shotgun blast clapped through the kitchen window and a buckshot struck him square above his right eye. It didn't kill him. It didn't kill him instantly, uh, but it knocked him unconscious. And when he awoke, the deputy sheriff, Patrick Millby, was there asking him questions. So he woke up. And before he lost consciousness again, John merely said that he had no clue why anyone would want to harm him. Then he fell into a coma, which he never reemerged from, and died the next afternoon. So, being that this is like a cutesy small town family that's supposed to be doing pretty well, and that both of them are involved in all these town projects and seem to be like a perfect couple, the news of his death Spread quickly throughout the town, and it became like a big sensation. It spread so fast that by the next morning, the deputy had gathered um, a little crew and bloodhounds to start the process of trying to find the, the the murderer. However, rain on Saturday night, which continued into Sunday, ruined any physical tracks left by the shooter. That would have been leading away from the window and prevented the bloodhounds from picking up a scent, which led them to believe that this was planned. That Mabel planned this to be, or whoever it was, planned this to be that night because they knew it was going to rain and it was going to fuck up the investigation. So because of that, the case went cold for several days until an anonymous man stepped forward to claim that Mabel had passed him a note several months earlier asking him to kill her husband. So when this note came out, it was over. Like, she fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Basically what happened next was a two-day inquest where all of, like, Mabel and everyone that she knew who was, you know, close at hand at the time of the murder were basically put in front of a jury and asked a bunch of questions. So when the sheriff got around to questioning Rachel, Rachel immediately flipped and snitched, and said that Mabel had been trying to get someone to kill her husband for a long time. So when Mabel found out that Rachel snitched on her, she tried to mitigate the damage that she caused by claiming that Rachel was constantly thinking of different ways to kill John and had been encouraging her through the entire time. And she even used the ground glass killing a dog thing story as an example. So... After the two women turned on each other, they effectively sealed their fate. And they made it very obvious that both of them were implicated in John's murder. And it didn't take long for all of the Orr's servants to be charged as co-conspirators and for everyone to be arrested. Except for Rachel, who somehow managed to escape and was never heard from again. So good on her. I kind of feel good for her because she's like 18 And she's dumb as fuck and is part of this, but also, like, yes, even.
0: I don't think she's dumb as fuck. If you think about it from the time, she's being employed by this white woman who wants to kill her husband. She doesn't have a right to say no. The best thing she can do is try to say yes and try to get something good out of it.
1: Well, the thing, one thing, I only found one source that said this, but it claimed that um, Rachel was actually Jewish. And that definitely put her in a spot of, like inferiority um they apparently they referred to her as a jewess which is <laughs> kind of shocking to me but yeah she definitely was not in a place to be saying no
0: yeah so she couldn't um, she couldn't point. refuse it it was just like here's what i need done how will you help me with it
1: so yeah, she's like I mean, okay
0: gotta figure yeah, out an, to an answer
1: extent, i think they came to the conclusion together but she's also like Rachel, or er, Mabel is 20, but she's also traveled the country. She has a lot more experience than Rachel. So, even though they're both dumb, like, she has a little bit more foresight. And for me, that means that Rachel was kind of, like, could have definitely been led into this type oh,
0: of thing. she ship. was coerced, and with the whole slave versus slave owner, she can't do anything about it. It's like, all right. She's not really work with a it. slave, though. I thought you said she was.
1: She, no, she's not a slave. They became friends. Oh. Okay. But she was part of the household. She's white Jewish. She's still in a position of, like, inferiority, but not to the same extent as, like, Lorilla. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The whole hierarchy. So anyways,
1: yeah. She she's... ended up escaping. Yeah. Right. And, and Dendroid servitude. Is very similar to slavery in a way because you can just can you can just prolong the amount of time that you require them to work, but it's still not quite the same. So, anyways, she ended up getting away. Um so this whole situation was ripe for a lynching. And what I mean by that is that every aspect that normally incites a mob to carry out a lynching, a lynching was present. You had the wrongful death of a prominent white citizen and the slow turn of the wheel of justice. So there, the town was full of people who were pissed. They wanted to see justice. It wasn't happening fast enough. There were black people involved. So very quickly this became a lynch mob situation. Yeah. And it even said that um, Vance, who was who was, I think they were all arrested around the same time, but Mance was arrested first. His arrest almost became a lynching. Like, that's how, like, on top of the shit this mob was. They were ready immediately. Mm -hmm. So after everyone was arrested and made it to the jail, the lynch mob (coughs) from the town tried (coughs) tried several times to get them from the jail and carry out a lynching. But the judge and the sheriff were able to uh, were able to change their minds every time until the night of August night, August 8th, which was nine days after John's murder. Mabel was allowed by a sympathetic um, guard, basically, to poison herself with a lethal dose of morphine instead of face justice. Before she did so, she wrote, like, a letter about where she wanted her assets, what she wanted to be done with her daughter. And she told the guard, you know, don't release this letter until after I die. And then she was given the morphine and allowed to just die kind of peacefully in her cell. So when the mob heard about this shit, they were like, no, we're going to show up and we're going to try to make sure she sees justice before she dies. So uh, the whole town gathered together, they showed up at the jail like they had been doing like pretty much every day since they had all been arrested. And for the last time, the judge and the sheriff were able to be like, no, like we will try to make sure this, this um, trial goes swiftly and that everyone sees justice. And they were able to talk them down. Everyone went home. However, the sheriff apparently was like sick or something and or i think it was the judge the judge was sick no the sheriff <laughs> the sheriff was sick and he ended up going home and leaving just a deputy in charge so there was one deputy guarding these prisoners and the next morning the mob showed up again the biggest they had ever been it was like 200 to 300 people they showed up they were they easily overwhelmed the guard and they got a hold of all the prisoners. Apparently they saw Mabel, who was still alive, but just like <laughs> OD'd on morphine. Barely just hanging on. Slumped over, yeah, slumped over in her cell. And they looked took one look at her and they were like, eh, she's gonna die soon. So they went straight to the other prisoners. Um, they bound all of their hands, they dragged them out of the jail, and they gave each of them a chance to like speak for themselves and each member of the prisoners you know basically told their side of the story blah 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 and none of them fessed up to being the one who shot john so after they allowed each of them to speak they yes what's up?
0: do we know if any of them were larissa's son
1: yeah so i believe the group That was arrested was Lorilla Rickard, Marilla's son, and then another woman servant. Oh, Mabel, obviously. Another woman servant who hadn't been involved at all, but was a servant to the oars, so just was arrested with everybody else.
0: You work Um, here. You must be part of it.
1: Yeah, so that was the group that was arrested. Um, After they all had a chance to speak, they... Put nooses over their necks uh, dragged them over like it was like 200 yards away from the jail to the nearby lumber mill allowed them to say a prayer and then strung them up and they all died um, and then on their bodies they pinned signs that said this is the penalty for murder and rape basically saying, if you murder or you rape in Clarendon, this is what's going to happen to you. Even though rape was not involved in this particular case, they kind of used it as a way to, like, throw that in there, too.
0: Just to catch all purpose for the lynching.
1: Yeah. Um, and I believe they stayed up until, like for, like, four or five days. Um, but the surprising thing about this lynching, which is uncharacteristic of most is that all of the black people in the town were part of the mob too. And they were just enthousi- just as enthusiastic and supportive of the lynching of this group as everyone else. They were just as enraged about the wrongful death. They wanted to see all of them, like, murdered. And especially they were happy to see Rickard get hung because he had been he had used his hoodoo so much to intimidate their community that they were glad that he was getting rid of, that he was gotten rid of. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Um. Yeah, so their body stayed up for a couple of days and then they were brought down and apparently they were all buried at the same sort of site, a couple hundred meters, whatever, yards from the jail. So as far as Mabel's fate. She didn't pass away from poisoning herself until the following Wednesday. So she basically stayed in a self-induced coma. Which now I'm like, how did she take her morphine? Because if you do an IV, that shit wears off. So she must have done it orally. And I'm like, morphine kills you by um, suppressing your respiratory drive.
0: You eventually suffocating. Uh, yeah. yeah. Asphyxiation. Stop breathing.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious why the fuck it took so long. (laughs) Like if it was a high enough dose to kill her, why did it take a couple of days? Little sus, whatever. She didn't pass away until Wednesday and people just like me were so suspicious that she might still be alive. That the authorities decided to put her corpse on display at the courthouse in order to prove that she was dead. So people would walk past it and be like, oh, yeah, that's her. She's fucking dead. Um, And then she was apparently buried next to her husband in the actual graveyard rather than being buried by the sawmill with the other prisoners. So cool. (laughs) Um, another kind of interesting fact is after she died, a letter addressed to her pen name, Larilla Weaver, she was using her servant's name as her pen name, arrived from a 23-year-old love interest called Arthur O., and the letter included a photo with an inscription that read, Trusting you will be pleased with Ohio's real kid mayor. <laughs> So after they received this letter, the sheriff reached out to Arthur for questioning to see if he was involved in this murder at all. And apparently, Arthur was very surprised that Lorilla was actually a black servant being hung, like, who was lynched for the crime of murdering Mabel's husband. And he revealed to the um, authorities that he was led to believe that Mabel was a rich French woman, named Lorilla weaver who was unmarried all
0: right so she wasn't just sending letters to her family she was like all right let's date a little on the side find a uh, backup plan
1: yeah and arthur was not the only one she apparently posted an ad in like i guess it would be the equivalent of like fucking tinder but in the newspaper? Yeah, newspapers had
0: like, little sections for that.
1: Yeah. Rich, unmarried heiress looking for fucking simpy dude to fucking simp on her. That type of shit. Um, after they found out about Arthur, there was apparently a bunch of letters and like other suitors that sort of showed up and was like, oh, yeah, I was like, talking to that bitch and one of them ended up being like some important dude in the next presidential office
0: oh my god (laughs) so oops (laughs) yeah i was looking for a first lady but she's a last lady
1: (laughs) yeah so this lynching ended up gaining like national attention because not only Was lynching not cool anymore, and people were trying to get rid of it. And this was like, yo, like Arkansas, what are you doing? It also was compounded by the fact that Mabel's story was like filled with drama. Like all these letters come into light. You know, people couldn't decide if she was a heroine or a villain. They couldn't decide if they were sympathetic to her being abused or if she you know, did the wrong thing by killing her husband. Um, So it became really, it became like a really famous case. And people of the time used it to try and argue against lynching. They are like, yo, Arkansas, like, we're over this shit. What are you fucking doing? And I guess the governor of Arkansas put up like a $200 reward for every participant of the mob that was, the lynch mob that was identified. And then some other dude was like, yo, that's weak. $200 isn't enough. And that literally proves how Arkansas doesn't take this shit seriously. So it became very political. Sounds like it. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So that's pretty much the end of the story. Years and years later in Clarendon, <laughs> Clarendon still exists. And it has about the same population that it did then. A thousand thousand people. (laughs) people. Yeah. I looked at um, the census numbers and it did reach a peak of about 2,000 people at some point. And then it dropped off and it's like in 2020, it was like a thousand people. Yeah, Um, never mind. We're out. (laughs) Yeah. So it doesn't have a lot going for it. Anytime you look up Clarendon... The courthouse, the Monroe County courthouse where all of this went down is like the staple poster child for all of their marketing and online presence. Like, when they advertise Clarendon, they show a big picture of this courthouse and it's not even that fucking cool. But I guess it's the coolest thing. Coolest thing in the area. (laughs) Yeah. So, like I said, the story was pretty popular. Um, And It's still, like, pretty popular in that little town. The reason this is a haunting story is because people claim that they can, if you go to the courthouse, you can hear Mabel crying in the basement where she took her lethal dose. And you can see, like, lights, strange lights and orbs floating around where the lynchings happened. And I tried to find, like... A site where people would post, like, oh, this is what I saw, this is what I saw. Or maybe, like, maybe some Ghostbusters-type people went to see it. This was about it. There's some strange lights. You can hear Mabel. I did read one that was, like, if you go to the courthouse, you can hear screaming. And people can't decide whether it's Mabel or it's Lorilla or, like, the lynching victims. That's about it. That's where we are.
0: So the hauntings are a little weak. (laughs) <laughs> the hauntings
1: are super weak, but it's a fun story. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it definitely like I saw the story and I was like, oh man, this has like everything in it, and I was excited. And it took me a while to find the details. I just kept finding little excerpts, you know, that we find all the time on haunted websites that are like, ooh, this is the courthouse, this is the little tiny story. And like, take a haunted ghost tour. Yeah, and like, ooh, this is what people report, and I finally found like sources that actually talked about the real story. So, like, where I got all of the details for the most part is from someone's actual like, it's like a dissertation, and it goes over the whole story, how it shows the intersection of race and class and gender by Richard Buckley. All right. Yeah. So that's kind of where I found the value in this one. Um, the hauntings, it would be super cool if people took, like, some EVP shit there because this sounds very charged. Like, it sounds like it could be a real hot spot from my, like, small understanding of hauntings and shit. But people just haven't done that. I think because it's such a
0: small town. The small town definitely doesn't help, especially if they don't have a lot of tourist attraction. There's not going to be a lot of people going out there. When it comes to the hauntings and trying to get more out of it, those that were lynched, they're going to have a lot more traumatic energy compared to Mabel, who chose to leave on her own accord. So... It makes me wonder for those people who were hearing her screaming or hearing her cries. It's like, is that actually Mabel or is that the others that are like, I'm not supposed to be here. This is this bitch's fault. Here I am. There's a lot more emotion behind it compared to Mabel. who's just like, all right, I got to escape this. And instead of getting hung or lynched or.
1: I'm going to take a dose of morphine. Do you know how nice it is to die from a dose of morphine?
0: I imagine it's just like falling asleep and not waking up.
1: If any of you have been in the hospital, yeah. First of all, morphine makes you kind of high. So even if you get a regular dose of morphine, like people in the hospital ask for morphine all the time because then they know it's going to cover their pain, but also it just feels good. Right. You feel high. So if you're taking a lethal dose of morphine, that's like the fucking pussiest move there is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone else fucking got lynched for your choices. Like, part of... Like, all of the sources kind of talked about how she's a pussy-ass little bitch who fucking threw everyone else under the bus <laughs> and used her power as a white woman to be able to fucking do that. Um, I don't think the narrative is quite as sympathetic towards her as it used to be. Because before... It was like, oh, she was abused, there was no other way out, which is, you know, to some extent true.
0: But it didn't need to involve 20 other people and get five people lynched.
1: Yeah, like, she knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. And whether or not this was the only course of action, which this source that I mentioned says is not the only course of action, I'll literally read to you the last part where the guy's like, No, she had options. So it said, basically, she could have left her husband and possibly retained custody of her daughter after the Civil War. Wait, she had a kid? Yeah. Yeah, the little... She was, like, she was born in uh, 1894.
0: I don't remember this detail, okay?
1: I didn't really go over too much. I mentioned it slightly. She did have a kid. She, remember when she wrote that weird little will thing that she didn't want released until she died? That sort of outlined what she wanted done with the kid. And I believe the kid went to a family member and basically grew up to be fine, which is great. But this source says, says that at this point, so we're talking about 1898. I forget exactly when women were allowed to vote, but it was around this time.
0: That was in the 1900s.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know if they're allowed to vote, but, like, they definitely were earning more rights. And according to this source, she could have legally divorced her husband and retain custody of the daughter. Yes.
0: June 4th, 1919. Ratified yeah. on August 18th, 1920.
1: Yeah. So, they can't vote yet. Um, But basically, like, she didn't really flesh out her options like she could have. Her... Desire was to leave with all of the money as a key point. Like, it wasn't enough to just be able to leave and maybe go to Wisconsin where she was safe with her family. She wanted to leave, start a new life in New York, start a theater group, and that's why she felt like she needed all of the money. So, it's definitely a little more devious than just like a young woman who's trapped in an abusive marriage. The source also says, you know, that, yeah, it says that it was possible for women to obtain a, a, a divorce and custody, but she just, whether she was just, like, too young or that just wasn't working for her, that's not what she did. She basically manipulated everyone around her to allow herself to leave this marriage and tried to place all the blame on her servants.
0: Yep. I am looking up when or what reasons women were allowed to divorce at the time. Not finding a whole lot that I don't have to pay for or download and read like a giant
1: excerpt on. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing to think about is that it was the Victorian era. And whether or not she had options, it would not have looked good for her. So to an extent, she was also trying to escape. Like she was trying to get this done without being socially, like, ostracized. So she figured if she could get him killed without people finding out, like, oh, someone else fucking shot him. And I'm just a poor wife. Like, that's what she was going for. It just screams how naive and young and dumb that her and Rachel were.
0: Yeah. What I'm finding right now is... Between different states, it varied. So, like, in Indiana, the 1850s, they could get divorce when it was related to, like, sex, alcohol, gambling, shit like that that actually affected livelihood. Dakota was 1861. Or they allowed divorce in 1871. Sorry. But, like, every state has a different... Idea and policy when it comes to divorcing in relation to what's allowed and what's not.
1: Yeah. And this is Arkansas. So it's yeah. not going to be very progressive. Like they're still lynching people. And that was a big reason this was like a, this gained national attention is that Arkansas is lynching people. Guys, <laughs> take a look at this. Yep. I don't know. I think to some extent, yes. She was in a hard situation. I think her greed and her misunderstanding of how life is led her to believe that she'd get away with this. If she wasn't greedy, she could have just gotten out, like, looked for ways to get legally divorced and gone to live with her parents, but she wanted the money.
0: Makes me wonder if she wanted the money for her daughter that I wasn't aware was part of the picture. Because, I mean, if you got divorced at the time... You weren't allowed to have property. You weren't allowed to have anything. It would have been basically homelessness. So if she's be going to be homeless with her daughter, she might as well get the money. So that might have been part of the idea behind the scheme of the money.
1: It could have been that. It was just that, yeah, my source specifically said that they both wanted the money so they could afford their plan to move to New York and start a theater group. Like, the daughter... And the fact that she would not have money for her daughter was never mentioned. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's what I got. Well, that was fun. (laughs) Old-timey true crime.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I know. We keep ending up in the 1800s.
0: Yeah, the 1800s had a lot going on. Because it's
1: fucking spicy. Yeah, that's where all the ghosts are hanging out now. I don't know if, like, the energy levels, you know, we talked about this before, but the energy levels build over time and they're at their highest level of energy at this point but this is where we keep ending up is
0: the fucking 1800s the 1800s has a lot of shit and i'm wondering if it's part of there's more recording of the era Mm. and then after the 1800s is when people are trying to get more scientific about it probably so then we don't hear about it as much because it can't be proven
1: probably honestly
0: that's my train of thought at least
1: <laughs> yeah all right well thanks for joining the stream if you did there's literally one viewer right now which i think is myself so whatever next time we'll probably stream again we'll figure it out we're gonna w- watch this one and see if it even worked like <laughs> i have a feeling that people popped in and they like can't hear us or something and just left
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah that'd be good to figure out <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to rewatch that and make sure. What
0: else we got? Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the places to find us. We are Haunts with a Z. N, not and N, as in Nancy. Creeps with a Z. Find us.
1: Yeah, on almost every platform it's the same exact thing. Yes.
0: Find us, interact yeah. with us, chat with us, send us stories. I wanna do a listener story type thing where those of you who have had some spooky instances like yo bitch this is what happened to me this one time like 20 years ago but i thought it was weird so i'm gonna let you know
1: yeah it'd be a cool like out roll segment in roll segment like beginning segment we'd love to get listeners more involved because we know that you're there we see the stats
0: it, it doesn't
1: just have to be ghost
0: stories. It can be alien stories. It can be fucking anything. Yo, this shit was weird. Let me send it to you. Yeah,
1: you got a disturbing thing of the week? We'll put it on there. You don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Give you a shout out on air. Hey, this
0: person told me this shit. Listen to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll probably be doing the stream more often as long as this turned out well. We gotta see. It took a fucking long-ass time to figure out how to do all of this. Like, it was a little intense. An hour and a half. Yeah, it took us a second. Um, But it is working. It looks great. I hope it sounds great. What else did I want to say? Oh, we've got Patreon content. Uh, At the beginning of the stream, I did an unboxing of shit that Asia sent me. It includes large knives. And cute clothing. And our faces and some merch that you could possibly order if you're interested. Yeah. So join our Patreon and you will be able to see that shit. That's all I got.
0: Fund us and we can bring you more awesome things that you want in your closet, in your pocket, and all around you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Stickers. We love stickers. I love stickers. (gasps) I love
0: stickers. (laughs) We need a sticker. We need a lot of stickers. Do we have a lot uh, Outside of what Patreon makes for us with just our logo, technically, no.
1: Let's make stickers of our face. I think that'll sell. Or of our cleavage. Oh, yeah. Twitch cleavage. Does butt cleavage count?
0: Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's that? That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we'll make one sexy human. <laughs>
1: yes that's our worth we are the equivalent of one sexy human <laughs> that would be two fives making a 10 basically 100 <laughs> percent.
0: oh boy all right everybody all right. thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time i will get my notes done i promise reach out we want to hear from you oh yeah we love you
1: Bye. We love you. Bye.